1: I chose a career path that made me pretty undateable. That's a different conversation. If you get stuck in depression, can hang out with my friends and I can have an amazing time with my friends and then go home and still feel lonely. Like You can have simultaneous and conflicting feelings. That's allowed. But the way I manage it, which is different than most, is I... I was really surprised when you gave the answer regarding the, when I said the symptoms that, that have indicated to you that you are feeling lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even in my head, I was expecting it to sound more like an absence of other humans around you. Mm-mm. And that's the whole distinction between being alone and being lonely. Mm-mm. Your answer was about how you, you feel like you're not understood. Mm-hmm. By who? Is this friends or is this the world or is it? Um, I'm a middle-aged man who hasn't been married. That's not Not that I care about marriage, but I haven't even had like a 10-year relationship. And I'm realizing some of it is, Self-inflicted, you know. I chose a career path that made me pretty undateable. You know, I was on the road so much; it was difficult to have a relationship. But some of it is also managing the effects or the the symptoms of ADHD, which wasn't a thing when I was a kid, so I couldn't be diagnosed, which I'm glad for, quite frankly, because I had to learn to manage certain things myself, which became strengths as adult, mm. as strength as an adult. So, not 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 bitter about that. I wasn't diagnosed until I was 32, so pretty much in life. You know, like, and one of the things that I've... And I've learned how to manage it really well professionally. Like, I know how to manage my ADHD in a professional context really well. I'm only now learning some of the symptoms, how it affects personal relationships, and how I show up in relationships that I didn't even realize. So my whole life, I'd be in relationships, and and women would tell me, you're so hard to read. And I was like, I'm an open book. What do you mean I'm so hard to read? I'll tell you anything you want to know, you know? And and what I've learned is people with ADHD, not all of them, but some of them do something called stonewalling, which is an accident. It's not something conscious where you're telling me something about your day, whatever it is, or about our relationship. And I have I'm, I have nothing to add. And so what on my face you see? Nothing. <laughs> and I, I've acknowledged, like, oh, this is fantastic and wonderful. This is great. But I have nothing substantive to add. So I just add nothing. And so the accidental effect is, did I say something wrong? Did I offend him? Does he not agree? And so I know that about myself now. So I can say to somebody, if you're not getting the reaction that you need, if you need any reaction, just ask me for a reaction. How does that make you feel? Is that okay? i am like, oh my God, that's fantastic. Right? And I'll, I'll give it to you. Um, or I'm really blunt and forward with questions. For example, I have a friend, she's an entrepreneur. She's a solopreneur. She offers services to people and I think she's priced too low and I I was having this conversation with her and I said what what do you charge she told me the price and I said why do you charge that that's how I asked the question why do you charge that and she was telling me about this just about a week ago it was really funny and in in my mind that's a perfectly legitimate question in her mind it was such an aggressive affront like what do you mean why do I charge that and I'm like you're worth more why do you charge that you know I said, well, how should I have asked that question? And I guess normal people would have said, Oh my god, you're worth so much more than that. Why do you charge that? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. I'm just like this. So I recognize that in a professional context it's one thing. People can deal with questions like that, delivered like that in a meeting. Mm. But in a relationship, not so much. And so, like sitting in this space, I'm like going through all of these mistakes or things that I've done over the course of years. And I'm a little annoyed by myself, you know? Now, I know I don't want to live life in a rearview mirror, but, I mean, I can still take account. And I'm annoyed, you know? I wish I had these skills 10 years ago, you know? So I'm just sitting in a period in my life where I just, you know, I would have liked to have had some of the experiences that I haven't had yet. And, you know, my, my friends who are in fix-it mode, they're like, but think of it as an opportunity. Now you have these skills. And you Thank you, I know that. But allow me to mourn the past. That's my loneliness. I'm just mourning. I'm in a period of the mourning. I have you to know? say something. Can, I can mourn loss, can't I? Like if I, if I lose a friend or a loved one, you know, e- e- allow me to just like mourn and then I'll move forward. It's like I'm okay. I, I, I will move forward.
2: Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? Dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
1: But allow me to mourn loss. And, and that's all I'm doing is just allow me to mourn the loss and I'll be fine. Just hold space for me. Come and sit in the mud with me. Ask me how I'm feeling. Ask me how I'm doing. Just let me vent. Just sit in the mud with me. And you know, again, I think to your point, I think we just live in a world where most people are ill-equipped on how to be there for a friend who's struggling. Can you give, I learned this term the other day, which I love, I learned, learned it from Lex Friedman. Can you give the steel man argument for your friends that are telling you to trying to offer advice in your morning process and trying to get you to be more future orientated? As in The steel man argument I mean is, can you give the argument for why they're doing that and why it's a good thing? Emotions are good. It means you're human. Like I said, I believe in mental fitness, not mental health. You know, that it's a, like your body, you have to work out, you have to eat well, you have to sleep all the time. It's not something you do and then you're done. You know, we've used that analogy before, you and I, which is... Which is what the infinite game is. Which is, it's like, it's like I want to be healthy. Okay, well, it's a, you're going to have to do it for the rest of your life. It's not an event. And our mental health, our mental fitness, is exactly the same. Which is, it's it's constant and it's ups and downs. And it's only a, um, a challenge, or or you need to start involving professionals if you get stuck. You know, like if you get stuck in sadness, yeah. and you cannot get out of it. That's a different. That's a different conversation. If you get stuck in depression. And you cannot get out of it. If you get stuck in loneliness and you cannot get out of it. And by the way, the thing that I love about human beings is we can have multiple conflicting feelings simultaneously. I am lonely and optimistic simultaneously. My optimism, you know, I I'm, I I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I pride myself on my optimism. My optimism has not diminished in the least. Optimism doesn't mean I can't sit in a dark tunnel. Optimism means that I believe there's a light at the end of the tunnel even if that light is far away. I'm, I have an undying belief that the future is bright. This this too will pass, right? It doesn't mean I enjoy it. It doesn't mean I want to be here. And I can be excited and I can hang out with my friends and I can have an amazing time with my friends and then go home and still feel lonely. Like, you can have simultaneous and conflicting feelings. That's allowed. In fact, it's 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 normal. But I I, I cannot stress, I think, that the way that I manage this differently than most, I don't usually talk about it on podcasts, but whatever. Um... Uh, but the way I manage it, which is different than most, is I, 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 I don't wait for the phone to ring. I call a friend and say, do you have a minute? Can I, can I talk? And if a friend is ill-equipped, if they start fixing, I'll interrupt the conversation and say, listen, I love you. This is not what I need right now. I love you, I love you. I'm going to get off the phone right now, okay? Because when they go into fix-it mode, it actually makes me feel worse sometimes. The friends that are some of the best-equipped people um, are folks in the military. You know, um, they know how to manage shit better than almost anybody I know. Uh, I've cried with more people in uniform than I've ever cried with people in suits. Um, and the way that we talk to each other, like I have a friend who's a general. I've known him for a million years, so it's fun been fun to watch his career. He's now a general, and when we say goodbye to each other, we say I love you. And when we get on the phone with each other, if it's been a long gap, he'll say to me, Hey, man. He'll, first of all, he calls me brother. Hey, brother. Right? Which means something. Hey, brother, I really miss you. And he says things that a lot of guys don't say to each other. You know? Um, he talks to me like sometimes I talk to my female friends. Mm-hmm. There's, it's full of emotion. It's full of honesty. And there's no machismo whatsoever. And yet he's a warrior. He's a combat veteran. You know? Um, and he'll say, hey, man, I, I miss you. It's been a while. I go, oh yeah, I miss you too. And then we'll get off the phone and he'll say, hey, I love you. I mean, I love you too. I'll talk to you soon. And... Um, Though He will, I would, I mean, he and there's a small group like him, um, you know, I, I would call him in my most, uh, in my darkest times, and I know he would call me.